trying to figure out what, how am I going to get money? I don't know. I didn't know like a salary or something to provide for my family and calculations running through my mind. I just like, uh, I broke down and I cried. It's like, what am I going to do? Like it's a situation that I created. I need to fix this. So what can I do? So what I did is I... I was born with cerebral palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hey, thanks for checking out today's episode. My name is Heather Parody. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you feel like you are at the end of your rope. You have done everything that you know to do. You have fought, you have tried, you have showed up, you have done all the right things, but you're still not seeing the results that you want to see. I know I have been there many times myself, and our guest this week, Sagi Schreiber, has lived it. Just 18 months ago, he was $50,000 in debt and says he was just an anonymous, struggling entrepreneur from Israel, but he has changed everything around in just a year and a half. And today he shares with us exactly how he did it. He is now in mastermind and being mentored by Pat Flynn. He was on SPI recently and has just changed his story. And he attributes it to three pillars of success for entrepreneurs. I learned so much from Sigi. He's really big into analogies and using stories to help drive home a point, which I really appreciate. That's how I learn. So I know you guys are going to get so much value from this. Forgive my crazy frog voice. It is um, cold season here. You know, in the South, I live in Georgia. We can't handle it when the weather gets past like below 50 degrees. You know, we all start buying bread and milk when that happens and getting sick. So (laughs) forgive my voice today. Uh, Before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, head over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are listening. Hit the subscribe button. We have some incredible episodes coming up. I'm super excited to share with you. And hey, we are also on YouTube now. If you want to see some behind the scenes footage, some one-on-one interviews, man, head over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button. That is a new venture for us. I'm kind of nervous about it and kind of excited. So get in while we're at our beginning. I know it's going to be really, really good going into 2019. Speaking of really good, let's get into this powerful, powerful episode with my friend Siggy Schreiber. Um, I was a, a UX designer. That's how I came up. Um, like UX to anybody who doesn't know is basically like user experience. Uh, it came from designing websites, just like regular websites, and then started going uh, into applications and working with startups, tech startups. And then um, eventually, after I opened my first blog, I got kind of known in the Israeli design space. And um, I got a job offer from Fiverr.com. So I guess a lot of people know Fiverr.com. And um, they offered me the job of being their first design hire in the company. The, the website was already above a million views in like a month and it was pretty crazy. And, and I came there and I worked there for a bit. After that, I had my own startups. And, and then one of my startups got 
acquired by this other startup. So we got acquired by a startup called SimilarWeb, which maybe some of you already know, but maybe not. But yeah, so I was in a startup game a long time, like as, as a designer, also like in smaller startups, also in bigger startups, like also startups of my own, like from zero and also like million uh, visits a month startup. Wow. So what's the startup space like in Israel? Oh, it's, it's booming. Like, really? it's, yeah. Um, they call it startup nation here just because like there's the amount of um, startups here in Israel is equivalent, you know, in terms of like um, funds and stuff like that to the Silicon Valley in a way. Um, so we are very, very in much, like in very close connection with the Silicon Valley and startups here are everywhere because a lot of the people here in Israel are kind of like entrepreneurial. I don't know, like in coming up from, units in the army of like the the Mm -hmm. the tech cyber units and we have a lot of cyber startups so basically here there's tons of startups here in israel and especially around the tel aviv area and yeah and and my startup as well when we were here we were working in tel aviv and uh one day we just got accepted to this accelerator in in the silicon valley in palo alto and we just flew over there so i got also i got also to enjoy the palo alto kind of like san francisco uh startup vibe and it was great it was it was really fun now, did you, what year was that? Were you married and had kids at that point? Um, well, I started, it's funny because I made, more, I made my wife on the first job as a designer, just when I decided I want to be a designer. And I met her, I, I met her just like there at the first job. Um, so she was, she's been with me all along um, on this journey. And um, I, ha- I had my first child when I was um, in my first startup, kind of. Um, or actually the second startup, we, we flew out to the Bay Area for this accelerator. Um, we were in Palo Alto. I was just there for a very short period of time. I came back to Israel because my wife was actually pregnant when I left. And I came back and on the same week I got back, my child was born. <laughs> it was such it was pure luck. I was very close to getting a divorce. <laughs> she would have kicked me out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I got back just in time. Um, and Later, after my startup was acquired, then in those years in, in the big startup called SimilarWeb, that's when my second child, Daniel, was born. Uh-huh. And that's also when I got, when we bought a house. So basically like the mortgage started then as well. So like the grown up life, you know, mortgage, two kids and stuff. So Wow. You know it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. So we're, so you were at Fiverr. Um, you, you started the startups and then you ended up at Fiverr or do I have that backwards? Oh, so I, I was at Fiverr and then after that, I, I wanted to have my own startups. So I had my own startups, flew out with the first startup to the, to the accelerator in Palo Alto. Okay. There we really switched to a completely new startup where just like the same team, but a new startup came back to Israel. And then after that, um, basically eight months later, we got acquired by a startup called SimilarWeb, um, which is basically a competitive intelligence startup. It's where you can go and check out about your website, like competitor websites, um, traffic and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something that Russell Brunson uses, if, if you know Russell Brunson. And I, I bet a lot of people know him. So he talks about SimilarWeb all the time. So I was there also the first designer. When I came, we were 50 people. And that's when I launched my second blog, like the second design blog. So I had already first design blog growing and being known in Israel. And then uh, when we just got acquired, we had like two weeks where 
we didn't work on our product. We didn't work on our startup anymore because we knew we, were, we already got acquired. So we just waited for two weeks until we started working in, in similar web. And in those two weeks, I, with one of my partners in the startup, we launched another design blog. This time it was international. Um, we said, we're going to be international now. And um, we launched that design blog. So basically at the time where I was in similar web, I was in, started out as a first designer, uh, grew there with the company, um, started hiring other designers. So basically I became design manager, then design director of the company. When I left SimilarWeb, we were already 350 employees in the company and I had a team of seven designers. So it was pretty, pretty massive and two, two side projects, two podcasts, two newsletters. And yeah, and I, so it was pretty, pretty wild. Two kids. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That is yeah. wild. How did you, before we kind of get into the, the story that you've been sharing over the past year with, um, you know, hiring coaches, getting on SPI and all that, that amazing piece, <laughs> how did you go from just kind of freelance work, working on your own to starting these successful blogs and startups and getting acquired and all of that? Because that is a huge leap. And I know a lot of people feel frustrated getting anything off the ground. So, or just maybe some key takeaways that you learned during that time that helped you be so successful. Yeah. I mean, back then. Like, I don't even consider myself so successful. Like, I, I really don't. I, I don't, I hadn't had my principles that are guiding me right now. Mm. Like, back then, I was not reading any audiobooks. I was not, I was barely listening to podcasts, just maybe just a few or, but I was not uh, managing my self-growth. And that's something that, that's really important, I think, for any entrepreneur. I was just going with the flow. And um, I was just like, I have a theory about that. It's called the island theory. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I think it's like very related to everything that we are talking about. Also that you're talking about in the podcast and like, you know, you and I and everybody here like listening is in the entrepreneurial space in a way. Like basically like even if, if you're listening and you have a day job, you probably are thinking about starting your own audience, your own community or like something of your own. Um, and so, you know, we're doing this just because we want to reach our true potential we're doing this because we're conquerors in a way we are, uh, you know, we're just like on a journey on an adventure. We always want to reach that new thing. So um, the Island theory, which is, that's, I call it the Island theory is basically saying we're all in an ocean on an inflatable boat. And that's what I think like we are all born on like with our families on inflatable boats. Later on, we get our own inflatable boat and we just go with the current. Hmm. We just go with the current. Our most, most of our lives are in the current. I think 99% of the population on this earth is like close to their families and their childhood friends. And we're just in this current. And our, our family doesn't want us to get away from the current, um, right? I mean, they want us close. They don't want us to risk ourselves. And our friends don't want us away from the current because they really want us to kind of just, you know, stay also like stay close and, and they, not because we, they don't want us to risk ourselves, just because they want us next to them to feel safe. And uh, next to us in this current, there's a huge inflatable kind of thingy that you can hang on to if you fall off your inflatable, inflatable boat, like a lot of those. And there's a big ass sign on them saying comfort zone. So basically we can fall off our boats, get on a comfort zone, get back on our boats. Like it's all good in the current. In, deep inside though, we are conquerors. We want to reach islands. We want to conquer islands. We want to get there. Um, but our parents and our friends and everybody like around us, the school systems, everybody, like everybody around us in this current are saying to us our whole entire lives, you can choose any island you want on the way. 
because we see a lot of islands here when we're going with the current in this in this ocean. So if you see an island you love, you can just stop by and you know there's very nice islands that you can choose. Just choose whatever you want. You can do anything you want. Just choose any island you want on this current. Just don't get away from the current. Like what they don't teach us, you know, that there's a paddle. So they just don't teach us. There's a paddle with us in this boat and we can pick up the paddle and just like row away from the current. And the only thing, then another thing that uh, most of the people just, most of our com like, you know, community and in close uh, environment doesn't teach us is that we have this uh, compass with us. And the compass is what we can use in order to know where our islands are. And we know deep inside where our islands are. We know what islands we want to conquer. But we just don't try to reach them because we're, we don't even know we can. We don't even yeah. think about it. Most of us right now, most of the people listening right now don't know what their islands are. They never give it, they, they never given it any thought. You know, the true entrepreneurs or like the, the, the real conquerors in this world are writing down their islands every single day when they wake up in the morning, right? And we don't, you know, that's so, that's so weird. And, and though, if we think about it, this is an exercise of 30 minutes. We need 30 minutes in order to know what islands we want, just because it's already inside of us. Yeah. It's nothing that we have to research. It's just there. We know where we want to go if we really just do look deep down inside. And, and then when we say, okay, I want to reach that island, what we need to do in this world is pick up the pedal and just row away from the current, row away from our family, row away from our childhood friends. We need to really try to reach our islands. And you know what? Yes, it's risky. And, you know, sometimes we'll hit storms and we need to put down the pedal and kind of let the storm, you know, carry us away and keep pedaling like with determination, you know, to get to our islands. But we'll never know if we don't row. We never know if we don't pick up the pedal. And um, it gets more complex, of course, if we're married. We have our wife or husband, you know, our partner in, a, in, in the inflatable boat with us. And basically, we need to always be in sync, always be in sync because what happens if we just row in separate directions in an inflatable boat? Yeah. What will happen? Yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a powerful right? analogy. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why divorce happens, right? People yeah. row in, the, in different directions and the boat flips. In the, in the good case, it just stays in the same place. They don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But in, in a bad situation, it flips. That's divorce. So, and yeah. the storms are there to, are like, you know, the, it's like sickness. Sometimes sickness happens. Sometimes like stuff that we don't control in our life happens. That's nature. We can't fight it. We need to put the pedal down, let it pass, and then we can continue, continue rowing. So, um, so that's the island theory. And I believe back then, back to your question, I was in this current. I was just like finding nice islands on my way. I wasn't really thinking about my true greatness, my true mm -hmm. self-development. Um, and I was just in this current. And I was just like, okay, here's a nice island, a startup that was very convenient for me to eat. You know, I, it was great. Like, I enjoyed it. A lot of people enjoy the current. Um, I might have skipped a few islands there. But, um, you know, I never thought that, you know, it would be. Yeah. I, I never thought about it. I just went with it. You know, I, I claim myself to be successful. Um, you know, kind of like, I didn't think of myself as so, so successful. And I'm like, oh, it's, things are going great. Like I'm married. And I'm like, you know, we're having kids and I'm in, in this startup. You know, I had my own startups, like, great. But, you know, besides that, I didn't do my own thing. And, and I realized that one day in similar web, we went out for lunch and there's, well, it's like, you know, there's always a funny friend in the group. <laughs> um, and we were sitting down for lunch and he's like, Sagi, you're like a persona. 
And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he's like laughing at everybody. Like, he's trolling everybody around. So I said, you're like a persona. Look at you, like, you know, 30-something years old, wanting to work out but don't really have the time, wanting to see your kids but you really don't have the time because you're working in tech. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just a persona, right? Mortgage, two kids, living in the suburbs, not really inside Tel Aviv. <laughs> like, look at you. I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> he's right. You know, I'm, I'm, I became a persona. I became just like, I'm in the current. I'm in the current. I'm like, nothing has, you know, no difference between me and, you know, other people out there that are just living their lives like their life just happened because yeah. I'm the current. So that's when I decided that, you know, I, something needs to be done. <laughs> Later on, we found out that our blog was making enough money and we said, okay, this is, this is our chance to live our day jobs and try to go our own way with our blog. And that's when I decided to take the leap. <sighs> okay. We're going to go deep. We're, we're going we're gonna to start going deep. Here we go. I love this topic. And I don't even know if I can label it because I'm still trying to figure out what exactly it is. But it's this point of, uh, you know, you said inside of us is this desire and need to conquer. And I think it's so interesting because looking from an outsider perspective at what you had already created at a young age, you know, people would say like, oh, he's made it, he's successful, he's conquered. But inside of you, you're like, no, there's something more, there's something more, there's something more. And I keep hearing that over and over again. And all the people that I interview is like this inner calling to something, right? you know, and I, I use the word greater, um, just for lack of better terms. I don't even know what it is calling you. You know, I don't it's even success. know the right terminology. I don't know, if you, you know, and, it, and we think it might be this outside success, but when you have outside success, sometimes that's not it. It's something even right. Better. What is it? Coming, what do you think that yeah. is? I think it's fulfillment. I think it's fulfillment is like, th- there's one thing for sure. Like we can be objective about death, right? Like there's one thing for sure. We're all going to die, <laughs> you know? Um, and we keep hearing these stories and it's true about people on their deathbed regretting what they haven't done. And the thing that is really guiding me is like, you know, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. So why not do what I want in life and reach as, as much greatness as I can in a good way? Like not just for me selfishly, but in a way that, you know, I can, I can do as good as I can for other people as well. Um, and I'm not saying I'm a, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 100% a good person. Like I, I wish I would be um, hanging out at hospitals, like, you know, at kid hospitals, like just volunteering more. I'm not, you know, but I'm trying to help in, in the way that I see right now. I think that that's fulfillment. That's why we want, we want to feel good. We want to feel our self-worth rise and we want to see true success both from the external world, which what, what can we do? It's money, you know, and like in a way it's, it's money, it's connected. Uh, because if we have money, we can travel the world and be successful and have a great Instagram. That's what we all want, right? <laughs> I mean, but it, it's also like, you know, we deep, deep down inside, I guess everybody here, like if they have a family, they want money also for their family. We want to give our, our children experiences that they can have. I, you know, I, I would say that, you know, I wish I could travel the world with my family all the time. Like, why not? Why not? Because I need to work, right? We all need to get, also, we all need to get money. And when we have financial freedom, then we can achieve a lot of things. So basically financial freedom and also the freedom of having time, you know, for ourselves, not feeling stressed. Um, so basically the freedom of just well-being, yeah. I think it's also something we all are trying to reach. Um, and we know that if we reach those in our lives, then we can really get to 
you know, in a way, greatness. Um, yeah. but, but there's a component, component of helping people. That's, I think, one thing that we cannot ignore. Um, when we help other people, we feel fulfilled and it has nothing to do with any freedom of our own. Um, so we can be totally not free, but if we help people, then we'll feel really good with ourselves. Um, That's it, man. I think yeah. it's an internal thing inside of us we were born with, just something where it's like we have to contribute and make this, like leave our print on this world and make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. For sure. So you mentioned earlier that you were not involved in personal development. Uh, what brought you to personal development? Well, I think as soon as I, um, I think it started with reading the 10 hour, uh, the four hour work week by um, Tim Ferriss. Um, I guess, you know, most people read it, but I like, I was a late, <laughs> late comer to that. I just um, read it, it this year. So you're good. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel everybody read it before me. I'm like, I um, and, and I read it back then when I, when I had my day job and he's like talking about like, you know, having a VA and all that stuff. And, and I'm like, wait a second, like I can actually live my life with my blog and make money like, you know, online. And why don't I do it? Why don't I have, why don't I reach freedom the true way that I can? And, um, I think, I don't, I think that came after that, uh, lunch <laughs> with my friends from the office, but, um, it was like, also like it, it started my way of seeking more knowledge out of these books and starting reading more books and listening to Tim Ferriss on the podcast. And, I read the book before I knew he had a podcast, like really just like a friend gave it to me and said, you know, you should, you should read this. And, um, and then basically I became an audible junkie. I, I guess self-development is life changing. What yeah. happened after you went out on your own? Well, I went on my own. Um, it was a huge risk that I took on my, on my, uh, side, just because my, my partner, um, in this, in this blog, hacking UI was called, um, so my partner in the blog, he was a bachelor from Tel Aviv, you know, so basically he didn't, he didn't have kids or mortgage and, uh, he's just, you know, he's building his own life and he has his own goals. And I was already two kids in no savings just because we bought this house. And, um, I was the main provider as well, just like out of the decision with my wife that she should go back to finish her uh, degree that she wanted was coming again, something that she wanted to conquer. So we said, you should go for it. Um, and I just left my job, uh, not really knowing how we're going to make all the money. Uh, but I knew it was going to be okay. We made 66 K as a side project that year. So basically it's like, okay, if I may, like if we made 66 K, um, as a side project, if we do it full time, maybe we can get 200 K and that'll be, you know, like a high tech salary for both of us, like 100 K each. And, um, you know, little did I know, um, how hard it was to really scale from, 66k to 200 it did not happen um we launched the first online course we also made a mistake we launched it to our audience which was a design audience but the first online course we launched was called side project accelerator it was a course on how to uh create a side project an audience and, and a blog and a weekly newsletter and um and podcast and stuff and like th this was the wrong audience to pitch to and we made okay we we were okay with this like you know like but it was a, like a 10k launch a 10k of two months of work like launching this was not enough to like a set it was not a salary eventually we also pulled in different directions my partner and i uh, i went more the content route you know what i'm doing right now like you know uh being being the guy with the blogs and 
in a podcast and in content and um, influencing others, being their influencer route, I guess. And my partner went into the tech route and building like some kind of software for, um, for um, ads to serve on other people's newsletters. And we just kind of pulled in different direction. We, we, we got to a point where each of us were kind of working on different things and um, there was no money in the company. We started a period of six months with no salary. And in that period, that was really tough. And I was trying to make money. I just, I didn't know how that was scary. Yeah. And, um, I didn't want to let my partner down and I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I said, if I'm a true entrepreneur, I need to really go full in on this. Like, so I took a a huge loan out of the bank and personal loan, not a business loan. And, um, I wasted on three months. I, I told myself like three months, that's what I'm giving this. Like if this, if this loan goes to waste and, and I find myself with no money at the end, I'm going to be in a really bad spot and it's not going to be nice, but I'm going to try it. Like, but if I get there, I'm going to leave my partner or like I need to do, I, I'm going to wake up. And then I got there. <laughs> so three months, all the loan was wasted. Um, I came to this end of, of a six month period where I didn't take even one dime for my own family. Um, it was really tough. I found myself in a huge debt and, um, I needed to decide what I'm going to do. And it was really hard. It was a tough spot to be in. I feel I let my partner down. I felt like I I let my wife down. I worked so hard these past like six months. I barely saw her and the kids and it's not what I signed up for. Like, you know, when we think about leaving our day jobs one day to work on our side hustles it's not what you think about you I, I was thinking about like i'm going to do everything i'm going to be like you know going to practice wherever i can like you know and, and um like working out whenever i can and i'm going to be with my wife more and i'm going to be with my kids more and, I'm, da, 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 and like nothing none of the above like it was just like massive failure all around um i was not in good terms with my wife even like you know in a way it was it was kind of like just you know me alone like not knowing how to bring my next paycheck uh two weeks in from from that day i knew um, another you know the credit cards are going down and um and i would not be able to provide for my family and not even provide but basically like the bank is going to call me up it's going to be like what the (laughs) that day was very hard and you know and i decided i need to do something about this um it was one specific day and i remember the, the specific situation it was like i was walking my dog at night and just, you know, calculations running through my mind, kind of like trying to figure out what is, how am I going to get money? I don't know. I didn't know. Like, what, what, should I launch another course? No, it will take a month to, to do it. Should, should I um, find a client? No, like, what client? Nobody, like, how can I find a client so quickly? Um, like, what am I going to do? Can I get another job? No, no one would hire me. Hiring people in great startups take about, like, it's the it's process of about a month. How am I going to get, in like in in two weeks how am i going to get like a salary or something to provide for my family and um i like the calculus calculations running through my mind i just like uh i broke down i cried just like you know just and it was like nighttime i'm like you know crying out in the field I'm like shit what am i gonna do and then at the end i'm like okay you know uh i can hear the violins in the background that's great but hey I got to pick myself up now. Like I can't just, you know, whine about it. I can't like, it's a situation that I created. I need to fix this. So what can I do? 
So what I did is I reached out to um, the best entrepreneurs that I know that I, I knew personally. One of them was Jason Zook. I don't know if you uh, know him, like an amazing person, amazing entrepreneur. And he gave me like two, two, like two hour session, like basically two one hour sessions for free, like over Zoom, just like helping me out. It was such a great, like, just, like, just wanted to help me out. And it's all after I interviewed for him for on my podcast and then joined this community. So it was like, he didn't owe me anything. And he just like really hopped on the call and really tried to help me out. Um, he was also like once in debt and now is like a very successful entrepreneur. The second person I reached out to was Kelvin Wayman, who's uh, like, he's a, someone who's, I, I read his book and he has a great book called Fish Out of Water. Basically, I, I read his book, I reached out to him. And then back then, he was like, yeah, I can, I can coach you. And I was like, well, I don't, I can't afford you. But that was back six months before, like that, just when I started this really bad period that that was like, when I passed on the opportunity to, to hire Calvin as a coach. And then um, when the six month came and like, I, and I was in a situation, I was just like, Kevin, can you just help me? Just like, give me some advice, something. And he's like, I can coach you now. If you want, it will cost double what I offered you last time, but I can coach you. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I told you my prices will be higher. Um, but if you want, I can coach you like it's, and we can, I can help you out. So I actually paid Kelvin. I flew him out here to Israel this time. I said, I'm not letting anyone, uh, you know, from a surrounding tell me no. And I don't care. I'm just, you know, I don't have the money anyways. So I might as well, this is like my last resort. Um, hired Kelvin as my coach, flew him out to Israel. He came here and uh, we had a, um, we had a, a VIP session uh, here in, in Tel Aviv where he helped me build my vision. And on that vision, I just wrote down again, just like I chose islands. What islands do I want to get to? And that was like the exercise that changed it all for me. Because when I wrote down what I wanted to get done, like for the first time in my life, I sat down and wrote it on a piece of paper um, and really thought about where, do, where I want to be. Um, so this whole exercise really made me kind of like get clarity on what I needed to do now. And once I got clarity on it, I knew I could commit to it because I'm clear on what I need to do. I can commit to it 100%. And that first week, like I already closed down like a, a new client and started working with the client. And like, one week, it was like, like one week since I wrote down a vision, a client came like, and it was like, I started working with him like with a, with a very nice uh, salary, like just like freelancing. Um, and that was my first thing. Second thing, I launched a physical course for my local tribe here in Israel of designers. That was a mass massively successful launch. Um, and that got me, basically, I bought myself a ticket as a, as a present for myself for filling in the course um, to 10X conference in Las Vegas and then to social media marketing world. And I flew out to social media marketing world. That's why I met Pat Flynn. Ta-da! I love Pat Flynn. <laughs> yeah. Man, there are so many things I could ask you. I'm trying to pick out which one I want to what I want to ask, but I guess when you're at that really low point, when you're outside, it's nighttime, you're walking. And you know, what I really appreciate about that story is, you know, you're talking about the need to conquer and find this Island. And a lot of times we think that the actual act of moving away from the current and going out and doing something different is the trial in of itself, which it is, but there's all usually a huge dip right after that where people are like, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought, this podcast was going to be super successful. I thought this business launch was going to be huge. I thought my book was yeah. going to sell out. I thought 
all this stuff. You know, I showed up, I did my part. I left the, you know, left the, yeah. the, the my comfort yeah. zone in the past, yeah. but it's still not working. That is so frustrating. And that's where a lot of people throw in the towel altogether because they're like, Hey, I did what I was supposed to do. I showed up, I gave everything, you know, up, I tried, I delivered and it still didn't work. This wasn't meant for me, but with you, you still had something inside of you saying, no, I'm, I'm not giving in and I'm not giving up. What was that inside of you? Well, I think back then it was kind of like the lack of choice. <laughs> in a way. It was kind of like, I'm not like, I didn't want to give up my dream. I, I, I think, you know, although I, I feel like back then, if, if we're going back to the island theory, I left the current rowing away from the current. But the fact is I had no islands to pursue. I didn't know where I'm going. I was just like, I know I need to get away from this current. Let's let me pedal and like, let me just like row away. And I rode away from the current. Like that's me leaving my day job. Like, you know, I'm saying first step, getting out of the, out of the, out of, out of this like current, like that's a, a first step. Great. But now what? And I didn't really know what. Um, so, and, and also I was with a partner. He was like with his own, like kind of like inflatable boat. And we were like just there in the ocean, kind of like, so where are we going? Ah, that's just like, it's such chill. We're away from the current. We're good. <laughs> like, but it wasn't good. Like we, like once you're away from the current, you need to row towards your island. You need to understand first where your island is and then attack. Um, and I didn't have that. And back then when I found out that, you know, I just needed guidance. Um, I needed, I needed guidance. I, I knew I needed like a North star, someone like from above to kind of like guide me in this ocean, kind of like to tell me, Hey, should go that way like and i didn't expect i didn't know what to expect from getting coach but the thing i know is this like like knowing knowing it now of course is like building a vision is the first step and that's the most important step for any entrepreneur or any anyone wanting to achieve greatness that's the, the first step of like writing it down what do you want to do and you write down what do you want to do in two years and then you write down what you want to do in six months um, and that's the exercise that I also I have for free, like to offer to the world now, because that's the first yeah, thing I'll I did. Put, like. I'll put in a plug for that. If you go to his yeah. Facebook group, um, I'll link it up in the show notes. Cause I, I went through it where if you, when you sign up for his Facebook group, he sends out these three part videos and you, you walk through that exercise and it's completely yeah. free and you have a downloadable PDF. It's great. But that'll be linked in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I build it also as a messenger bot. So now it's like really easy for people to yeah. like, once they join the Facebook group, it's like a messenger, bot. it's like I'm talking to you and like guiding you through it's cool. uh, this exercise. And yeah. Um, so um, that's, that's like the, 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 the vision. I think is the most important thing, like for us to have a vision, that's the first thing. And once we have clarity on our vision, we know what we need to, where we need to roll. That's like our compass, just like checking out the compass and knowing where we need to roll. Now the second part is this, like, so there's three pillars to entrepreneurial success. Before we go into the second part, let me ask yeah. you about that first part, because mm -hmm. I feel like you did have some vision when you started off. I mean, you talked about launching this course of these people and you had some stuff going and you had a little bit of concrete vision. So can you kind of break that down even more? Why was your vision at the beginning not clear enough? Got it. Good question. Um, you should be a podcaster. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I mean, when I left, I was like, the only thing that I relied on was I made 66 K it means I know how to get money online in this blogging thing. 
I now will now, like I will now, if like if I, and I work this like as a side hustle. So if I now dedicate all my time, it's just logic that I would make 200,000, like, you know, and, and which is my full-time thing. Just, you know, it's, it just seems normal. Um, my audience will grow, my reach will grow, our money will grow, like everything we can scale. Like, and we were totally wrong about this. This was the, the just totally wrong. It, it, so you're kind of guessing. Anything. You were like, hey, if I'm doing this part-time going full-time, you're just guessing that it would bring in that money. That right. And also we, we, we made money, like we, it was so many like, you know, micro decisions, like, but getting out of our day jobs, we're like, what's the first thing we should do to get to 200 K? Okay. Let's build another product for our community. Okay. What's like, we didn't have any product for our community, by the way, we, we had only like sponsors for our newsletters and our podcasts. But now we said, okay, now we're going to launch our first product to our community, like a bus. We're going to launch an online course. We're going, we're going to be those guys. Like, um, you know, it's, so we never launched an online course. We didn't know what it takes. So, you know, it, I don't know why we thought we we're going to, you know, have a massive, massively successful launch, but we didn't. Um, it, it was maybe a massive, massively successful launch for a first time online course, um, but it, it was definitely not a, a successful launch for... But knowing what you do now, how would it have been more successful? Well, there is tons in what <laughs> needs to get done in order to launch a successful online course. Um, but just the, the basic thing is knowing your audience, you know, like we grew a blog. It was like uh, three years in or two and a half years in of a design community, like designers all across the world were getting our newsletters on a weekly basis, uh, full of links of like great, you know, how to be the best designer and I could have created a design course, but instead of like, I didn't want to teach design. I wanted to, back then I was like, no, I want to like, I'm, I feel so great and pumped about leaving my day job and actually managing to make my side hustle a full-time thing that now I want to reach, I want to, I want to help other people um, also build their side hustles. So later maybe they can leave their day jobs and, and they can reach their fulfillment. It was kind of like my calling in a way, you know, the higher kind of like right. the higher ground of like leaving a legacy and, and helping other people. I felt like I helped more people when I talked to them about side projects and stuff like that than I did when I taught them how to be the better designers. Um, it was wrong though, because our, mm-hmm. our audience was not, you know, for that. Our audience wanted us for design materials, not for, you know, how like how to open a side project thing. So we did have people join, but it was basically a, you know, high ticket price and was not, not so successful. Okay. I interrupted you earlier. You had uh, three pillars and I interrupted you. Sorry. (laughs) No, no problem. No problem. All good. Like, I think it was a good question. Um, But yeah, like, uh, so it all relies on the three pillars of entrepreneurial success. If you want to leave the current, right? So the first thing is like having a, Clarity of vision and, right. and clarity of vision is the first pillar you have to have in place. Then you can have the second pillar. The second pillar is taking action with the law of attraction. And Let's talk about that. All right. So we, as entrepreneurs, we, we're good action takers, right? Like, yeah, definitely. But what, what's the thing that you hear most from like entrepreneurs that are struggling? Oh, wow. Um, because they're taking action, but what's the problem? People don't want it. Like, it's, I think it's kind of an outward blame thing. At least that's what I hear is like, I showed up, I did what I was supposed to do, but people don't want this, blah, blah. Well, it's yes. But I say like, if you take out the, 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 the blaming, you know, the external factors, that's people that 
you know, like we tend to blame external factors when we, we are not in, in the true present, like in, in our true own greatness of yeah. uh, full responsibility of our own actions. But um, a lot of people just say, you know, I feel that I'm working so much, but I'm not focused. I feel that I need focus. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm going all over the place. I have new ideas. I'm, I'm trying to get them and um, I don't know what, what I should pursue. And that's, that's something that I, you know, talking with a lot of entrepreneurs, that's what I hear from a lot of people. Um, especially when they have a day job and they want to have a side hustle, but they, they're trying all sorts of stuff with their side hustles and not really like focusing in. And um, the thing is like, that's the second thing we taking action, but with the law of attraction and based on the first pillar. So once you have your islands that you want to attack, right? The, the clarity of vision, you know, where you want to go. And then the second part is to take action on that vision but then comes the tricky part you can take action as long as you want but if you don't combine it with the right mindset then you're going nowhere like and you're not going to succeed and the right mindset is like um the law of attraction basically and it means like you got to manifest everything that you want into your life by saying hey universe you know what that's what i want you see this vision right here that's what i want you're going to give it to me i don't care like i'm not moving I'm not doing like, you're going to give it to me. I don't care. Um, that's kind of like the personally the, manifest, uh, like your own personal manifest, uh, rituals. Mm-hmm. What are those? So first of all is like, you got to be kind of like obsessed with it. Right. Um, it's the, the saying what, what you obsess, you end up to possess like kind of like it's, it's just true because if you like good or bad, it doesn't matter. Like if you're obsessed with negativity, you're going to get more negativity in your life. And we can see that on ourselves, you know, when we have a bad day and our bed kind of starts like, you know, our, our day starts awkward and then we, the, the whole day goes south, right? It's because we manifested this into our lives. We're just like, oh my God, it's like, what a shitty day. And then it becomes a shitty day because we manifested that into our life. And um, if we have a great day, sometimes a great day becomes the best day of our lives because we manifested that as well. And we just don't know this, but we are creatures that are made out of energy. And this energy has something to do with, like you can call it karma, you can call it chi, you can call it whatever you want in the mystic area. It's, but basically it comes down to a very scientific thing. Our brains are, you know, whatever we think, are just like creates neural um, networks in our brain. Like, Mm -hmm. so every thought that we have, it creates neural networks in our brain. And then those neural networks, they take over our brain. It's, it's like cancer. Like it can be great, but it's like, it's, it takes over just, and most of our lives, most of us in the current, right. We are treated by our own surroundings that, you know, with negative thoughts that are like the neural networks, they, they just are forming in our brain are bad from day one, like the school systems, um, our, our family, which is, you know, sometimes, you know, some people are negative. What can we do? We were born. We didn't choose our family, our childhood friends that are not having their way in life. And therefore, you know, our surroundings, like sometimes we just, most of the time we're not really surrounding ourselves with greatness. I think like people surrounding themselves with greatness will grow to be great. People surrounding themselves by mediocrity will be mediocre. And, um, Right. So the neural networks that are in our brain already are not good. Like we need to understand that we're not thinking right. And we need to reprogram our minds, creating neural networks that take over those neural networks that have been formed throughout our whole entire lives. But you know what? There's a good thing about it. So in terms of scientific, and again, I'm not like a neural expert. I just interviewed one for my podcast. So now I know. So according, like, according to neuroscience, basically it takes 60 days 
um, for neural networks, the, any kind, to take over any other neural networks in your brain. So basically, if you thought you're, I know, you're really bad with money, it takes only 60 days of proper work to uh, get on the other end and believing you're good with money. Uh, if you work right, in 20 days, you already have those even. The neural networks are even in their size. And then basically in 60 days, the good one takes over the bad or the bad takes over a good one if you're having negative thoughts. Um, so we just need to you know, obsess about the greatness that we want in our lives. And we need to write it down every single day. We need to visualize that. Olympic champions, by the way, they, like some Olympic champions, they spend 20 minutes a day, um, sometimes even twice a day, visualizing their success and their, and their winning. Uh, Conor McGregor, famous UFC champion, you know, like those kind of people are talking about this, like famous actors, Will Smith, he's, he's talking about it. Uh, Jim Carrey is talking about it. Jim Carrey went to Hollywood and just like sat every day on the hills where the rich people are at and visualized he was a successful actor. So we all have this. This crap know, works. Th th it works. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. we're made out of energy. Yes. Uh, and we can't, we can't fake it. It's just like, it's us. It's, it's the law of nature. So, um, and it has a scientific thing to it, it you know, so um, we need to accept that. And once we accept that and we get the law of attraction going for us, and I like to think about it in a, in a, in a kind of like not too much of a hardcore scientific way. I try to think about it just like in a mystic way. It's just easier to believe it that way that if I manifest things into my life and I really want it and I say, that's what I'm going to get. I don't care. I'm going to get it and working out of determination to get it and obsessing about it. I'm going to get it. And it proves itself. Um, and so Law of attraction and law of taking action. That's the second pillar. What's the third? <laughs> All right. So the third one is the thing that not most, like actually, you know, you don't hear it, you, you don't hear about it enough in the entrepreneurial space. Most entrepreneurs and most people listening to this podcast are not even knowing of this like third pillar um, in, 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 the, in the way that it is in, uh, in successful entrepreneurs' lives. But the third pillar to have in place is mentorship and accountability. Mm. Every successful entrepreneur or high achiever has a coach. Every Olympic champion has a coach. Think about it. Like no Olympic champion doesn't have a coach, right? Or not even Olympic champions, any high achiever. So um, if you're looking at, you know, what does it mean in our lives? It means a mastermind group, a one-on-one -on -one coach, you know, enrolling in different programs that, you know, can really help you get that mentorship and accountability for what you need. And, um, you know, I interviewed Pat Flynn on my show and I'm like, Which Pat, is so, so cool. That's the cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean like Pat and I are like, I'm, I mean, it's, it's to anybody who doesn't know, I'm, I'm in Pat's, uh, accelerator. Um, I mean, I'm in his, I'm in Pat's mastermind group basically. So, um, so that investment in coaching and stuff like that, it's, it's, he got me so far ahead. And when I interviewed Pat um, on my show, I asked him, Pat, do you have a coach? Do you have a mastermind? Like Pat has a coach and he's in the mastermind. And he's like, I'm like, Pat. So and he told me, he told me like, yeah, my family is here. My mastermind is here. And like, and everybody here is below. Like basically I'm pointing with my, <laughs> with my hand. Yeah. It. Like that's like, so he said like his mastermind is like, he's like his family. And, and, and the rest of the world is like, and the rest of the stuff in life just, you know, doesn't matter. Like family first mastermind and then like you know the rest of friends and stuff like that so it's so important to surround yourself with greatness and accountability and mentorship people that are you know just just can help you out um because what can we do we we are like shooting rockets right yeah. we are like kind of like yeah. um we just need 
someone to kind of like guide us from afar, just like a little bit left, a little bit right, and then we'll get to where we want to get. But um, do you think so it's a, the count of, sorry to interrupt you. Do you think it's more the accountability piece that's super valuable in that? Or do you think it's more of like the concrete steps of like how? I think the, the, the steps of how are based off of the vision. The vision itself and the way that um, I run, at least my vision, and I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs run their vision is once you have a vision, you strategize on that. So um, I run like a six-month vision bro broken down every month into monthly goals in order to get me closer to that six-month vision. The monthly goals are broken down every week into weekly goals. So I know every week what I need to get done, you know, to get closer to my uh, monthly goal. And then basically that's how I work. And um, I know what I need to do every week in order to get <laughs> to my monthly goals. Right. So that's the steps you need to take. That's it's in your vision. And now you do the second pillar, you know, taking action with the law of attraction. You take action on those steps ruthlessly. You take action and you just get it. You commit to doing it if you don't commit and you like you can whine all you want like you know like people can whine all they want that they're not getting their way in life you're not working hard enough like you know we're, we're right come on <laughs> yeah we're just like we're not working hard enough and there's something in nature that works hard all the time look at ants right they're moving all the time they're also all, always in work look at children i mean you know, we all like all of us that have children, we know how it is. Like my, my kid wants something from me. Like, you know, let's say I'm in the kitchen, like, you know, chopping a salad and he's like, he wants to, to, he wants like a piece of cucumber or whatever. Like, I'm like, okay, Danny, I'll come here. Like I'll, I'll give you a piece of cucumber. And he runs over to me from the, from, you know, from the living room. He doesn't walk like, Hey, can I have a cucumber? No, he runs over, gets a cucumber, runs back to the living room. You know, it doesn't, it's massive action. The whole world is in massive action. Nature is in massive action. But again, we're brought up like, hey, play it safe, you know? Yeah. Don't work too hard. You'll burn out. Like, yeah. no, we're burning out is because we don't do enough. Cool. That's Come burning on. out. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is so good. You mentioned the word ruthless a minute ago, which that kind of waves into your podcast. Incredible show. Uh, tell us, why did you, why do you choose uh, ruthless in your title? Right. So um, the name of my community and the show is called Mindful and Ruthless. And uh, it, it actually is like my core values. And I think it's what got me into my, like when I was in my worst entrepreneurial moment that we talked about, like, so I, I was not being mindful enough and I was not being ruthless with my gut feeling, my own intentions. And for instance, like, you know, I love, I love my partner back then. Like this guy is amazing. Like, um, but I knew I had to, I, I knew we had to separate. I knew we, I, I had to leave six months ago, like, you know, before the shit started, yeah. <laughs> sorry about the language, but before we got into this really bad spot, I knew I had to leave and do my own thing. The, the signs were all over the place, but I was not with my gut feeling. I was listening to my head and my surroundings. The thing is, we need to be ruthless with our gut feeling. We need to be ruthless with our actions in, in, our, like, in our commitment. And when I say ruthless, it's like, yeah, it's violent. We need to be like that. Like, I come from martial arts, by the way. Like, I, you know, when, when, when you're, like, playing sports, it's great. But when you're in a fight, like, you know, you need to be ruthless. Like, you need to really have no mercy. You're in a fight. You need to have that switch. Boom, like, switch, and then you go full in and commit. Because if you don't commit, if you're not 100%, you're not going to get there. That's it. Like, that's, that's a harsh reality of life. That's nature. Um, and you can see it all around in nature. And so that's the ruthless part. But the mindful part is like, I come from Buddhism as well. So 
if if I'm looking at the Buddhist part, it's like we really need to be mindful of ourselves. We need to be mindful that we are uh, for our well-being, for our relationships with the people that we love. Um, we really need to own in on on that. We need to be really mindful of every moment of our life um, and not rush forward because we live we'll be living our lives in fast forward. You know, like we don't want that. Um, yeah. so mindful and ruthless and that's my core values and uh, yeah that's yeah. why the show is called like that that's awesome we have one question left I kept you a little bit over I'm sorry <laughs> no uh, before the end so you just mentioned the podcast you have a thriving community over 4,000 people on Facebook um, where can people connect with you over there on Facebook they can grab that that exercise about finding your vision and you also we talked about building an audience you've done well building multiple audiences whether through your blog through your you know, social media uh, so you have some tips for our listeners. Where can they get that? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so it's one of the things that most people struggle with. It's like I was actually um, in Ukraine in a in a like giving a talk about personal branding, and then like in a conference, and and then one person like is like, but you talk about building audience. How do I get audience when I don't have any audience yet? And I'm like, that's a good question. So. Um, so it's basically, huge. yeah, it's 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 like how it's true. It's it's like you know it's the so I wrote, um, I wrote on an article about it on Medium, and now I have basically a three-part um, email series about how to get audience when you don't have any audience yet. Um, and it's, a, it's available, again, if you join uh, the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, then you can enter your email there when you join, and I'll send it over to you. You'll basically get the three-part uh, email series for free. And also, if you join the Facebook group, you also get later on the, um, the link to the uh, vision building, um, three-part video series. So awesome. Well, I'm already on your email list, but I'm gonna be looking for that. How to build an audience thing. Can't wait for that. <laughs> all right. Our very last question. Uh, I first of all, just want to acknowledge you for just being so kind. Um, just meeting you in person, every interaction, you've just been super humble and kind through everything. And I've talked to, I've interviewed well over a hundred people now, and you're one of the kindest people that I've interacted with and just super involved with oh, you. your family and made your family a priority, which I really respect, you know, being a mom mm -hmm. and a wife, it's not easy doing this entrepreneurial yeah. thing, uh, but you've placed a lot of value um, and priority on your relationships, which I really respect a lot. So guys, mm -hmm. when you connect with him, know that he's the real deal. He's in this for <laughs> the right reasons for sure. But my last question, um, our audience is what I call unconventional leaders. So I really, the intention mm -hmm. with this show was to reach those who are what I call first generation self-starters. They are yeah. going completely against the norm from what their families and their friends are doing, their community. They feel completely alone and isolated and just outside the box. They're swimming away from, you know, we, <laughs> from the current. Yeah, they, they really are. But that's yeah. such a lonely, um, hard place to be, especially at the beginning. You know, you've been really a great example for us about being ruthless and really holding on and having that grit and not giving up for those who are at that breaking point that you were at. And they're like, man, that's great. Great for you. Awesome. I don't know if I have it. What, it what about me? Yeah. <laughs> what, it, what a practical advice would you have for them? I would say this. So take those three pillars of entrepreneurial success and implement them into your life. You don't have to do more than that. Just work on those three pillars. But and that's regarding your question directly. When you say you had that grit, you said, well, I, I, I think, um, and that's something my Buddhist teacher told me, um, and it's so true. It's like, whatever you do, do things out of determination and not out of greed. Mm. And do you know the difference? It's really hard. Like, what's the difference between determination and greed? Because they're both the same. 
in a way. Yeah. Right. Like outcome maybe. So it's not the outcome, but the okay. thing is, it's what you feel about the outcome. So basically, if you work out of greed with everything that you're trying to do, if you work out of greed, when you don't get your way, you feel suffering. But if you work out of determination, then if you don't get your way, you're okay. You don't feel suffering and you can continue on. You're like, no, okay, no problem. I fell get back up, get at it again. And um, that's exactly the thing that will make this, you know, either like, that's the whole thing, it's a game changer because once you're like in that mindset, then this whole roller coaster of entrepreneurship is not a roller coaster. It's just like, hey, it's theme park and theme parks are great and you should you can enjoy it, you know? Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.